Life in the Treehouse, where we're serving up health and wellness, seasoned with living abundantly, plus a garnishment of personal growth, all for your listening pleasure. Let's have some fun busting myths, bucking the status quo, and uncovering beliefs that are no longer serving you. Why? So that you may level up and see how remarkable you unequivocally are. Here's your coach and host, Suze Ashley. Hey, how's it going? I appreciate you visiting the Treehouse. It's an honor to have you here. Today we're talking about a stunning, informative look at a strong link found among top lifestyle diseases. But first, I want to do a little housekeeping. I am outside recording this, so you may hear various sounds, birds, dogs, loud trucks. (laughs) Welcome. Feel free to grab a cup of coffee, lemonade, or an iced tea, and let's take a moment to breathe. Go ahead, take some nice, deep belly breaths. Breathe in, hold for a second. Nice, now let it out slowly. Great. Okay, one last deep breath in. Hold for two, one, nice. Slowly let it out. Thank you. I understand how limited your time and energy is, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to Life in the Treehouse. Learning about heart disease was a pet project of mine growing up because my granddad died of a heart attack when he was in his 40s. As you can imagine, his death left quite an impact on my family. Type 2 diabetes has also become a pet project of mine as an adult since I struggled with being a pre-diabetic most of my adult life. For today's discussion, when I talk about diabetes, I'm referring to type 2 diabetes. And when I talk about eating, I'm referring to the standard American diet. As we get older, our bodies become less efficient, and there are things that we do in our day-to-day lives that perpetuate this. Hyperinsulinemia is a term that means a person's body has higher levels of insulin than normal. Yes, that word is a mouthful, hyperinsulinemia. Despite having more insulin, the body does not respond any better to the insulin's directions. This makes a human insulin resistant. Most adult Americans have hyperinsulinemia. Did you know that Type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and obesity typically have insulin resistance in common? It's quite fascinating, actually. Anyone who needs to lose weight is highly likely to have some degree of insulin resistance. Having insulin resistance for a while becomes type 2 diabetes. And that is from the book, Eat Rich, Live Long. Here's a fun fact for you. When insulin is present, your body can't burn fat. Let me repeat that. When insulin is running around in your bloodstream, your body can't burn fat. 
Therefore, the fat you eat is stored and stays stored as fat. And this comes from Michelle Dalker in one of her tweets. Pre-diabetics and diabetics have major problems burning fat as fuel. What I learned from Dr. J is if you're doing the keto or a low-carb way of eating and you have weight to lose, don't add extra fat to your diet as recommended. Instead, what I did was I let my body eat its own fat. It's also known as autophagy. I make sure I eat my protein and I watch the fat melt away. Eating all the time, you've heard this, eat three meals a day plus snacks in between. This means that our body is releasing insulin frequently if you're eating the standard American diet. So let's put this into perspective. You're told to eat every three to four hours to keep your blood sugar stable, right? Let's pretend it's Wednesday and you finish breakfast at 8.30 in the morning. Normally, it takes one to two hours for your insulin and blood sugar to return to normal levels. So let's just go with that. This means it's gonna take you until 10.30 in the morning. Say you finish eating lunch at one o'clock. This means your insulin blood sugar levels would come back down to normal around two or three in the afternoon. Did the 3 p.m. slump hit? You go grab a coffee and some kind of a sweet treat to finish the afternoon with. And let's say you finish eating at 3.30. This means the insulin is running around till around 5.30 in the evening. Before you know it, it's dinner time. Let's say you finish dinner at seven o'clock. So by 9 p.m., your levels should be in the normal range. So how many hours during the day did you actually go without insulin running around in your body? From breakfast to lunch was two hours. Lunch to dinner was one and a half hours. This totals three and a half hours during the day. Three and a half hours for your body to burn fat as fuel. Typically, our longest daily fast comes from the time we finish dinner to the time we eat breakfast the next day. If you eat dessert or a snack after dinner, this means your fast is even shorter. If you're trying to lose weight, this might be one of the contributing factors. Any extra body fat on your body can't be used easily as fuel when you're eating all day long. It's okay to feel hungry. We're so used to the dogma of you know, grabbing food every time we get the notion of being hungry, not to mention eating from boredom or stress. Allow yourself to get good and hungry. Discover what that feels like. How does your body tell you it's truly hungry? If you can stretch your nighttime fasting from 12 hours to 14 to 18 hours most nights of the week. This could have great benefits to you if you're trying to lose weight. Plenty of folks are having great success with this. If you're a diabetic, it's important to make this transition slowly. Let me pause for a moment and check in with you. How does this make you feel? Feel free to ask questions or send me your feedback by texting me at 540-404-2692. If I feature your question on the show, you will receive a free coaching session with me as a thank you gift. 
This brings us to one of the key takeaways. Please have both your blood sugar and insulin levels checked. These simple tests can provide valuable information. This allows us to move forward by making better choices that will help our bodies function better. While having your blood sugar levels in the acceptable range is good, having them on the low end of the spectrum is best for optimal health. For an A1C, a 5.7 or lower is optimal. A 6 is considered pre-diabetic. Higher than a 7 is deemed diabetic. Why not be in the optimal range? How great would your quality of life be? Measure what matters, right? There is more that I would like to share, but I want to keep these short, especially since I'm spitting out so much information at you. So I'm going to leave this here as part one, and I will do a part two because I have more to share with you about this fascinating topic. If you're curious or geeky like me and want even more information, you can check out a blog post on suzeashley.com. Whether you want to improve your health or you are looking for your next level of personal growth and living abundantly, helping you reach your goals is what I do. Feel free to text me at 540-404-2692 if you have any questions or want to set up a time to chat. Thanks for listening to Life in the Treehouse podcast with Suze Ashley. If you like our show and want to know more, check out suzeashley.com for the show notes and links to everything that was mentioned in today's episode.